Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Dr. Wright Breaks It Down For You, where we discuss phenomena in our daily lives and the science behind it. My name is Jessica, and again, I'm here with my dad. Hi, Dad. Hi, Jessica. Dr. Wright. So, Chicago had some really crazy weather about a month ago. We got 20 inches of snow in 24 hours, and we also had instances of thunder snow. Yeah, Dad, I was just wondering, what is thunder snow? I guess it's really rare. It is, and it's really, really fantastic. I had the opportunity to see it 20 years ago in St. Louis, and it's really eerie. It's like standing inside of a uh, fluorescent light bulb, because what happens is lightning bursts inside of a snowstorm, and it's really close to the ground. It's really quite cool. To understand the thunder snow, you got to first of all understand lightning. The electron is a tiny speck of matter that has a negative charge on it. It's like dust. It's all over everything. You can drag your feet and pick them up. You can rub your hair and there's electrons. And you can push electrons into a pile. A battery is. They compress them into a little box. Or you can allow them to flow, and that's called an electric current. Because they have this negative charge, they have a tendency to go right towards things that are positive, and they run away from things that are negative. Now, because of this negative charge, these electrons don't want to be clumped. They want to be spread out. They're like little kids. They don't want to bunch up. They want to run around. And that's what causes lightning. What happens is this. The warm air from the ground causes lots and lots of little water droplets to move up into the air. Now, each one of these little water droplets carry electrons. Now, the electrons don't like being on such a small item. So if they happen to bump into something, something that's bigger, the electrons will jump onto the bigger item. When water goes up into the air really high in the atmosphere, it finds ice, snow, and hail. And these electrons jump onto these little hail or these little ice particles. So they become energized. The electrons hate it when they get too bunched up and every once in a while, bam, they jump off and you get lightning. Huh. Now the thunderstorm is one thing, but the thunder snow is really special because instead of the electrons moving up way up high in the atmosphere, where they meet ice crystals or whatever. This is happening as snow is falling. This is happening right next to the ground. But this only happens in special times, like Chicago, (laughs) right near Lake Michigan. Because during this, what do they call it, uh, snowmageddon? Oh, yeah. That big storm. What happened was the water temperature of Lake Michigan was 30 degrees warmer than the air. And so you have hot water evaporating, going up right into the snow, And the snow was falling, and you know how the snow goes up and down and up and down, accumulates all these electrons, and then you get a burst of lightning going across in the air. It's really, really cool. uh, It's fun to watch. It's scary, though. Oh, totally, yeah. It's weird because it kind of flashes all around you. That was a really crazy storm. Thinking about the famous pictures of all those people trapped on Lakeshore and how horrible that was. I guess the question is, trapped in such a storm, you know, there's thunder snow flashing all around you. There's two, three feet of snow accumulating around your car. The question is, what would you do in that kind of situation? You know, Jessica, it's really dangerous whenever you're confronted with that kind of a situation. Do you go ahead and stay in your car or do you move out into the snow, into the storm and try to get someplace safe? That's tough. And that's a really a difficult issue. This is what the prevailing thought is on this. Now, your car is made to withstand high winds You know when you're driving 80 miles an hour or 70 miles an hour on the freeway. They say if you're in a storm, a winter storm, and you can visually see where you want to get to, maybe a store, maybe a house, protected area, if you can see it with your eyes and 
you can see the path to get there the whole way, then you can get out of your car and try to go to the protected building. If you cannot see the exact path to take, if you're not sure whether or not there's a snowdrift four feet deep or five feet deep, you should stay in your car. You gotta understand wind chill is the killer. It's hypothermia that's gonna kill you. 21 degrees during Snowmageddon. Yeah. But with the wind blowing at 35 miles an hour, the temperature was minus five or 10 degrees. And that will cause your skin to die within 10 minutes. It's very, very dangerous. It's very dangerous. There's three reasons why you should stay in your car. One, the wind is stopped. Two, emergency personnel are trained to spot and go to stranded vehicles. The third thing is your car has tons of useful tools. It's got a heater. Make sure you don't start your car unless the exhaust pipe is swept clear of snow. You can start your car once an hour and sit there and warm up for 10 minutes, then turn it off. Make sure the exhaust pipe's clear. They say you should try to exercise if you can inside your car. Move around a little bit. Do some little seat aerobics is a real good idea. Now, there's a number of things that would make your life really great, and that's having a safety kit in your car. If you had an extra blanket, a flashlight, a couple bottles of water, a whistle, and if you're really good, you might want to have some jumper cables, some roadside flares. There's a special plastic you can actually pour inside your tire, and it fixes a flat called Fix-A-Flat. And I've used it before, and it works really good. In the last, like, five years, you might want to put some power bars or food in there, but that's not as important. Main thing is to stay warm and do not put yourself in a worse position. Don't go from the pan into the fire. Oh, power bars. Yeah, I guess I'd be afraid that I would get hungry and eat them. <laughs> you know, there's a story about the Alaskans. What they do is they'll put a, this is sounds silly, they'll put a can of dog food under the seat of their car. Weird. And you go, uh, dog food? Yeah. And they have those cans of dog food, cat food, where you have a flip top, you pull the ring in, the gourmet cat food. Huh. Because if I had a Snickers bar or something in my glove compartment, for safety, I think I'd eat it on the way home from work. But if you have a can of cat food, the only time you're going to eat that is if it gets really an emergency. In Alaska, you can get in some real trouble. So they put one or two cans of dog food under the seats of their cars. So if things get bad, you can always pop open the dog food. <laughs> and you know you're not going to eat it on the way home. That's funny. That's, wow. That's the pretty intense situation where you'd have to crack open the dog food. That's great. Well, thanks so much, Dad, for chatting with me. That concludes our podcast of Dr. Wright Breaks It Down for You. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing some other delightful scientific phenomena and just breaking it down how it works. Thanks, Dad.